Sabbath, church. It's good to be here. God in faith will always hold a special place in our hearts. You helped us educate our children here. In your school, we will forever be grateful to you for that. Jackson went here, our daughter Pascal as well. Where are they? Where's Pascal? Would you stand? I mean, uh, Pascal was about uh, this tall when she uh, was here. She's, uh, she's six feet tall now. Amen, 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 amen. But we thank God for you. Bring you greetings from the Casalita Drive. Seventh-day Adventist Church, where our pastor is, Pastor Carl Ming. Won't take too much more of your time with all of that. We want to do what God sent us here to do today. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, all of thee, none of me, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. God, we ask that you would give us a word today, directly from your throne, that men and women may come crying, what is it that I must do in order to be saved? Then, O God, as always, my personal prayer must be, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. There's a father up above looking down in tender love, please. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Great controversy. Chapter 37, titled, The Scriptures, A Safeguard. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The people of God are directed to the scriptures as their safeguard against the influence of false teachers and the delusive powers of spirits of darkness. Satan employs every possible device to prevent men from obtaining a knowledge of the Bible for its plain, for its plain utterances reveal his deceptions. At every revival of God's work, the prince of evil is aroused to more intense activity. He is now putting forth his utmost efforts for a final struggle against Christ and his followers. The last great delusion is soon to be open before us and to Christ is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. So closely will the counterfeit resemble the true that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the Holy Scriptures. By their testimony, every statement and every miracle must be tested. We are living in the most solemn period of this world's history. The destiny of Earth's teeming multitudes is about to be decided. Our own future well-being is also, and, and also the salvation of other souls depend upon the course which we now pursue. We need to be guided by the spirit of truth. Every follower of Christ should earnestly inquire, Lord, what will thou have me to do? We need to humble ourselves before the Lord with fasting and prayer and 
to, and to mediate much upon his word, especially upon the scenes of the judgment. We should now seek a deep and living experience in the things of God. We have not a moment to lose. Events of vital importance are taking place all around us. We are on Satan's enchanted ground. Sleep not, sentinels of God. The foe is lurking near, ready at any moment, should you become lax and drowsy, to spring upon you and make you his prey. And at that time, Michael shall stand up. The great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the Lamb's book of life. My question to you this morning, Gall in faith, is how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? It's not a question that you have to answer to me, but it is a question that every Christian must answer for themselves. To thine own self, you must be true. So you could go around lying to everyone in the world. But when you stand in front of that mirror and you begin to lie to yourself, it's over. There's no more hope when you stand in the mirror and lie to yourself. I ask you the question, how strong is your faith? And will it be able to stand in difficult times? The Bible tells us that we are in the closing days of Earth's history. The time of trouble is coming upon the face of this Earth as men and women have never seen before. Are you preparing for it? Are you ready when that takes place? Oh, I know what you're saying. Yes, absolutely, I'm ready. Absolutely, I'm going to be able to stand when I'm tested, when the locks are put on these doors, when violence becomes the rule of the day, when we're no longer able to worship in our churches and they're looking to take our lives. We're saying to ourselves, yes, I will be able to stand. Okay. You know, the disciples had been with him for three and a half years. I'm talking, they had been with Jesus. Every day of his earthly ministry, at least one of the disciples knew exactly where Jesus was at all times. Where's Jesus today? Oh, um, uh, John asked him to fix the leg on, on his table, so he's over across town working on that right now. I'm talking about they knew him. They saw the bandages on his thumb when he went to nail that nail with, with the hammer and he missed it and he hit his thumb and he split it and he had to get stitches. They saw him with his thumb bandaged. I'm talking about with him. 
When they had to, to share the cover and, 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 and Jesus would pull the cover, maybe John would, would say, Jesus, Lord, you, you, you're always uh, pulling the cover. Why are you always grabbing the cover? I'm cold and you're hogging it all. I'm talking about they were with him. They had seen him give sight to blind people. They had seen him raise people from the dead. They had seen him cure those who had cerebral palsy. And yet when he had finished preaching and he told his disciples, you all go on without me, I'll be with you shortly. And they took the boat and they went on without him. And during the middle of the night, his figure is seen coming across the water and they're jumping up scared saying, what is that, a ghost? They had been with him. They were on the, 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 the boat and they, they were there in the sea and the waters began to crash to and fro on the boat and the boat was rocking and, and, and turning all kinds of ways and Jesus was asleep and they were so scared that they ran up to him and said, Jesus, wake up, don't you care if we die? Jesus calms sea. And he looks at his disciples and says, man, where is your faith? A man whose child was a lunatic, he had been possessed with devils. He goes to Jesus and said, man, I, I, I went to, 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 to your fellows. I went to the guys who, who give me a lot of lip service and they couldn't do anything for me. He said, Lord, do you think that you can cast out these demons that are in my son? He said, yes, I can do it. And, and he cast them out, and the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? He says, it's your faith that's too small. He says, I brought some with me today. These are mustard seeds. And Jesus says, guys, if you had the faith, the size of a mustard seed, he said, you don't realize what you would be capable of doing with faith the size of a mustard seed. He says, you don't even have mustard seed size faith. With faith the size of a mustard seed, you could look at that mountain right there and say, I don't feel like crossing over that mountain. It would take too much time. Get out of my way. And that mountain would have to move. Faith the size of a mustard seed. How small is it? Catch that. Here's one. Catch it. Here's one. Catch it. Pascal, catch that. You can barely even see it. Catch that. And I'm sure you will never find these mustard seeds ever again anywhere around here, and I am literally throwing mustard seeds. Mustard seed size faith has nothing to do with you. Mustard seed size faith 
shows us how good and how powerful God is. He said, that's all you need. That's all you need. Moses is there. Moses says, Lord, I I just want to see your face. Can you show me what you look like? And God says, Moses, you don't even know what you're asking. You want to see my face? No man can see my face and live. He said, Moses, look, look, this is what I'll do for you. Look, here's a rock over here. Moses, I'm going to place you next to this rock. Let me see you, Lord. Let me see Moses, you don't know what you're asking, but, 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 but just follow me. I'm going to turn you around, Moses. I'm going to shove you into the cleft of the rock. Then, Moses, I'm going to put my hand over your face. And, Moses, I'm going to pass behind you. And I'm going to remove my hands just so you can glimpse the backside of me, Moses. And Moses, when he left the presence of God, he had to veil his face. How strong is your faith? Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Would you go there with me, please? Daniel chapter 3. Talking about faith in difficult times. Imagine all of your life, your parents had told you to get a good education, go to school, get you a good job. You'd become an engineer, you're a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. You know, oftentimes we, we, we read things in the Bible and we just gloss over them, but I want you to put yourself in that situation. You, 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 you've instilled in your children to be the best that they can be, and they've gone on to better themselves. They, they, they've got master's degrees and MBAs and PhDs, and one day under the cover of night, someone comes and kicks the door in. They say, give me him. Grab her. No, she's running. Grab her. I need him and I need her. And there they are. They bind you up. All you have on is your night clothes and, and your gown and your robe. And they bind you up and they put you in the back of an 18-wheeler and they drive you off to some faraway country. That's what happened to Israel. Babylonians had come in and raided the southern kingdom of Judah in Israel, and they took their best and their brightest. It's where we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 3. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Stop. Flip one page back, or I don't know if chapter 2 is a page back in your Bible, but I want you to look at chapter 2. Verse 47. This takes place about 20 years prior to what's taking place here in chapter 3. Verse 47, verse 46. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer and obtain oblations and sweet odors unto him. 
The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou could as revealed this secret to me. Daniel had met with the king. None of his sorcerers, none of his astrologers could, uh, um, to, could tell him what he had dreamt. And so Daniel was able to reveal to the king what he had dreamt. And he had told him about this image that he saw, and the image had a, just a head of gold, a body of silver, loincloth of brass, legs of iron, and feet mixed with iron and clay. And Daniel told him that what he had seen in the vision was how the earth's history would play out and that Babylon was this head of gold, but it would one day be taken over by an inferior nation. Chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of what? Of gold. The whole image was of gold. Nebuchadnezzar said there will never be another kingdom that will be able to come in and take over the power that I have here in Babylon. He makes an entire image of gold whose height was three score cubits. Ninety feet tall was this image of gold. The breadth thereof six cubits, and he set upon it the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image with Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under, unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso, whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, at the time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, all kinds of music, all the people and the nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You know, that's how you have to approach a king when you're in his presence. You had to butter him up, O king, live forever. They knew what they were about to do, but, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down in worship, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now a certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me stop right there and say this. When we're always talking about the Hebrew boys, what do we call them? What are their names? 
Those are their Babylonian names. Does anybody remember what their real names were? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But we always call Daniel by what name? Daniel. But his name was changed to what? Belteshazzar. It's always something that I think about. Why don't we call Daniel Belteshazzar, but we call the three Hebrew boys by their Babylonian names? You can rest assured that when Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were amongst themselves, they never referred to themselves as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For their names, references, ref, their original names, Reference their relationship to the God of heaven. Their Babylonian names were given to them to show their affiliation to the heathen gods. There were certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and his fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. King says, surely there could be no one who is going to defy me. Who are these men? Who are these men? Go and get them and bring them here. We need to get something clear right here, right now. Brings the Hebrew boys in. He says to them, in verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, is it true what they're telling me? I know it's not. It can't possibly be. What they're telling me that you, you're refusing to buy. He says, I know the God that you serve. I know your God. He says, and I'm not asking you to give up your God. I would never do that. All I'm asking you is that you include the worship of my God with yours. He says, there are four Sabbaths in the month. I'm not asking you to work every Sabbath. All I'm asking is, can you just give me one? I mean, why can't you give me one? Cheryl gives me one. Matthew, he, he's a Seventh-day Adventist just like you, and he gives me one. Talking about faith. In difficult times? Nebuchadnezzar goes to them and he says in verse 14, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Then he asks him a question. He's not furious yet. He says, okay, okay, guys, look, look. Now if you're ready, if you're ready right now, at the time ye hear the sound of the cornet, and the flute, and the harp, 
and the sackbut and the psaltery and the dulcimer and all kinds of music. He says, if you're ready now, there'll be no penalty. He says, just fall down and worship the image which I have made and everything will be fine. We'll move on from here like this never happened. He says, but if you worship not, he says, I won't give you a minute to think about it. The very same hour. He said, you see that fire over there? It's hot. He says, and if you can't just fall down and worship that image, I will have no problem throwing you into that fire. He said, ye shall be cast the very same hour in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is it? Who is this God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Just 20 years before, he was telling Daniel, oh, your God is a wonderful God, Daniel. There's no other God like him. Now, 20 years later, he's asking the question, and who is the God that will defy me? Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego answered and said unto the king. <laughs> they probably gave him the niceties as he was due. Oh, king, live forever. Oh, your honor. Oh, your majesty. Live forever, O oh, king Nebuchadnezzar. But we've got to tell you something. And we won't parse our words with you. We will not scratch where we do not itch. We will not look at your feet when we are telling you this. We will look you directly in your eyes, O king. And tell you, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hands, O king. You see, in the Jewish community, there's something what's called oral history. And Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah understood their Jewish oral history. You see, all of their life, they had been told how Moses brought God's people out of the land of captivity. From since they were children, they had been told how the Red Sea parted and God's people walked through. They had been told from the time that they could remember how when their ancestors took blood and put it on the doorpost. That the death angel passed them by. And they had this assurance that they could go to their king in times of their difficulty, feeling the heat from the furnace that was burning over there to be able to tell them, O king, our God will deliver us. We're certain of that, O king, but if he doesn't, 
You see, my friends, we've got to be able to worship God under any circumstance that we find ourselves in. Though they slay me, yet will I trust in him. As Job says, though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. My friends, I just want to encourage you today Garland Faith, not to run from your trials. Why me? Woe is me. Why is this happening to me? Why can't this pass from me? Lord, let this cup pass from me when it's your trials that come to make you strong. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. He says, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. King, we do not care what you threaten us with. We will not bow down to that image. The Bible says, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed. When we take just the words that we read and we put them into modern day vernacular, do you know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar when they told him that? Nebuchadnezzar had a full-blown fit. You're not going to do what? You're going to defy me? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm capable of doing? O king, Live forever. Oh, your highness and your majesty, we are well aware of what you are capable of doing. But we will not bow down to that image, nor worship it. The Bible says, and his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was already heated. I don't even know what that means. The fire is there burning, and Nebuchadnezzar is having this fit of rage, and he says, turn it up. They put more coal in, and they put more, more wood in there, and they look back at him and say, is that enough? And he said, no, turn up some more. And they put more wood in there and coal in there, and they're shoveling there, and it's getting hot for them, and they're throwing it in. Is, is that enough? He said, no, turn it up. Turn it up seven times hotter than it was. The Bible says, and he commanded the most mighty men, 
that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men, bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments, were cast into the midst the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot and the flame of the, that the flame of the fire slew those men that had taken up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire was blazing so hot that the radiant fume, that the radiant heat, once they cast them in, killed them too. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't have to give everybody a piece of your mind. You don't have to get the last word. When they cut you off on the freeway, when they're trying, trying, trying to get in, just let them go. Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. I'm going to tell you, and, 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 and you're not going to do this to me. You're not going to treat me like this. And you're not going to, you're not. Hey, look, 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 look. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Men who threw them in and plotted evil against them were killed. The Bible says in verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, as our musicians come. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. Young man, you can play for me what we talked about, young man on the front row. Yeah, you can come for me, please. Play softly for me. The Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste. And spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And he answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. My question to you is how did Nebuchadnezzar know what the Son of God looked like? He said, we've cast three men in who defied me, and there's four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Let me offer this to you. That Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, lived their life 
so closely in tune with the one they preached about. That when this heathen king saw the fourth being, his physical presence looked just like what the Hebrew boys had always talked about. It looked like the love that they showed. The look upon his face looked like the God that they were so committed to serving. Church of the living God, when people see you, do they see Christ in you? When people see you on your job, do they see the Christ that you preach about? Do they see the God that you sing about? You may be the only Jesus that some people will ever see. But do you know, Christian, you're a sermon in shoes. Walk it. And talk it, live it and give it, teach it and preach it. You are a sermon in shoes. Will your faith be able to stand in your difficult times? Whatever those times might be, will your faith be able to stand. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the kings, the counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Not only were, 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 were they alive, my friends, the Bible says, nor was a hair on their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. You couldn't even smell smoke. On them. All you could smell was possibly their old spice or their brute 33. You couldn't even smell smoke on them, and you, no one in here, has ever seen anybody walking around in fire and not be burned. 
talking about faith in difficult times? Oh, sure, they could have said, hey, guys, look, 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 we're not really going to bow down when, 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 when the music plays. This is what we're going to do. Hey, hey, Hananiah, give, give me your keys. Give me your keys. Give me your keys. This is what we're going to do. When the music plays, we're going to drop the keys. And all we're going to do is pick up the keys. They could have begun to play the music and drop the keys. And the music began to play and said, just get the keys, just get the keys, just get the keys. Never let your good be evil spoken of. Friends, people are watching to see how you behave. To see how you act. And friends, we do God a disservice when we drop the keys. And simply act as if we're picking up the keys. Because everyone else sees us as bowing. God's looking for men and women who when the music plays, we can stand tall. Say, I will not bow. God's looking for men and women when the boss comes to us and says, I don't ask you to give me every Sabbath. Can't you just give me one? Willing to stand tall. Say, sorry, but I'm not able to do that. Because I honor God's holy Sabbath. God's looking for men and women who are going to stand tall. Who when the loved ones of our family and our friends die and they proclaim she's gone on to be with the Lord. can talk to them in love about the state of the dead. And that men and women are waiting in their graves, coming a Savior. God's looking for men and women who are going to stand tall, who are willing to correct some of the falsehoods that the devil is out there passing out. And the number one thing that has caused more people to turn away from God is the notion of an eternal hell's fire. To teach people that God is loving. You didn't sin forever. God would never allow you to burn forever. God calls hell's fire God's strange act. To not allow men, not, not allow Satan to put these charges on God. He's looking for people who are willing to stand up. And God asks the question, can I get a witness? How good God is. He's willing to build up his kingdom and to tear down Satan's kingdom. Verse 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which God speak, which, which speak and say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no God, there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Friends, in closing, I want to just tell you about that final decree that Nebuchadnezzar made. Nebuchadnezzar had no more authority to demand that men and women could not say anything against God than as he made his decree that men and women should bow down and worship his gods. God's looking for people who are willing to serve him out of love out of love. And in our difficult times, my friends, God is looking for people who will stand and be counted. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You do not have to bow. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, Lord, we came and did what you told us to do, to let God's people know that they do not have to bow down to the image. Whatever that image might be, whatever the world says that image is, they do not have to bow down. Oh Lord, you're looking for men and women who are willing to stand up and be counted. To stand up and be counted as your own. Who are willing to stand up for all the world to see. That they serve you and serve you alone. Father, it is my prayer today. that Everyone under the sound of my voice. When thy son Jesus shall be seen coming in the clouds of glory. That we will be able to look up and say, this is the God that I serve. This is the God that I have waited for. And now he's come to save me. Oh Lord, this is our hope. This is our prayer. For us to be able to cast our crowns at your feet. And to say, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing thy praise than when we first begun. Lord, we want to be there. This is our hope. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.